Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Say. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome into another week of Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. We have uh, made an end to yet another season, Janet, as it's early hunting season. We got some um, elk and antelope and maybe a little mule deer deer action happening and uh, all kinds of fun. Yes, it has been a fun couple weeks. It's been really hot these past few weeks, as, as you know. And so there hasn't been a lot of activity out and about in the field. But um, as we get some of these cooler nights kind of coming in, it, it's likely to pick up a little bit. Just this past week, I was talking to someone that is a regular listener of the show and drew his first licenses for uh, Area 7 to do some elk hunting. And he said he he learned a lot of what he needs to know through what we talk about here. But a lot of these areas are so public that so many people hunt here. There are some things that I'd like to get Brian in on to kind of cover so that people know what's not okay to do. Oh, that's a good call. And we're really glad that Brian's here to help oh, with that because he knows all about what is good and what is bad. Because it just so happened, I don't know how I was around so many guys that were so jazzed up about the, the season coming that they were reminiscing about last year's hunts where they kind of would go in early enough, but then they could hear people talking right next to them because so many people are going into these areas to try to, to score that big bull or the, the cow, and they want to get the heads up on everybody else. They want to have that leg up. And, and mm-hmm. Brian, some of the things that people use to get that leg up doesn't really work here in Wyoming. You're probably right. So let's hear what they had to say, Drew. <laughs> uh, one was baiting. I guess they were talking to someone about putting bait out so that they can hunt over that. And that obviously is not a good thing to do here in Wyoming. I think they may have been coming from Kansas or or somewhere like that where it is okay. Yeah, most of your southeastern states, south southeastern states allow some sort of baiting. But in Wyoming, we don't allow any baiting um, that would be specifically put out to actually, um, you know, attract uh, big game animals um, for hunting purposes. So, it's illegal in Wyoming, 100%. What about if it's not season? Can you put put food out during the uh, the off season for for elk and antelope? Not specifically to draw big game in for hunting purposes, if that makes sense. So it's not illegal to feed wildlife, as in feed big game, in most parts of the state. Um, there are some counties that, um, Jen, you can help me. I think Teton County is illegal to. F- feed big game. Well, there's lots of local ordinances, you know, like in cities and and different places like that. So just know where you are if you're choosing to do that. But it's just not a good practice because oftentimes if you're doing those things, whether you're doing it to harvest an animal, which obviously is illegal, or if you're doing it outside of the season, sometimes that congregation of um, animals around feed can help spread things like diseases. And depending on the time of year that you're doing it, things like EHD, epizootic 
hemorrhagic disease is easily spread. Um, if, if, and if you're encouraging that closeness of animals, that may not be the best um, thing to do. And of course, this time of year is when we, we've been talking about lately about those people feeding wildlife, attracting bears Mm -hmm. and also mountain lions to their property. And people get kind of concerned about that. And also it actually also attracts, you know, more skunks and raccoons and some of those other critters that you don't want hanging out at your house either. So are by your property. And we're really going down a squirrely road here, Drew, but I think that the, the answer is no. Like, don't do it. It's just not, it's just not a good idea. Um, it just brings all sorts of problems in bears, lions, turkeys, birds, big game, disease. No. We'll have more with Janet and Brian on the way in just a few minutes. It's things to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. And, and I feel like maybe because we know that it's illegal that we just assume that everyone knows that but i mean even putting bird feeders out you know we talked about this before you know the summertime when the bears were starting to get up and around that just that kind of feeding could cause some issues think about you know fair chase and ethics and all sorts of things and i know that it's it's different in a lot of other states but that's kind of the way that we roll here in wyoming is don't bait if you're big game hunting uh, putting up game cameras and trail cameras to kind of monitor what's going on in the general area that they would like to hunt. But again, being public area, but what's the situation when it comes to the cameras? Well, that's, that's a great question because um, game cameras, there's, you know, more than one type. So, yes, you can use game cameras and you can use them on public land as long as it's a, a camera that only can store um, your photos and your videos internally. And they, they don't, the ones that are, you can't use that are illegal are the ones that, um, allow you to, uh, retrieve those, um, through either Wi-Fi or through your cell phone towers. Those are illegal to use. So the ones that you can store internally, like with the, with the card or something in there that just stores those images internally, you can use those year round during the hunting season. You can use them on public land, but just remember that um, that's not your camera. I mean, somebody could just come by and take it, um, type of thing. So just by, uh, somebody must have just left it here for me or something like that. Right. So just be aware that, you know, if you are using them on public land, um, that you should be aware that, uh, you better hide it pretty good or put it in a location where, um, somebody's not going to just take it, take it from you. And if it's not radiating a, a cellular signal, it's okay to use. Yes, as long as you're not pulling those images off of there via your cell phone or from the internet at home, um, that's those those cameras are illegal to be used uh, for big game hunting. Uh, and then one more is obviously a lot of uh, these hunters like to get in there as early as possible. Uh, so the spotlighting was uh, something that was brought up during the same conversation. I don't. I must have been hanging around some thugs. Because, uh, yeah, bandits maybe. Or relatives. <laughs> yeah, or relatives. <laughs> <laughs> What's the situation with that? I mean, obviously you're going to have a flashlight most of the time, but that's a lot different than riding around spotting animals. Yeah, totally different. Totally different, yeah. And, you know, I can see where people are probably – you know, your the folks that you're visiting with are probably coming from is it does help you just see where they are. Um, but we do have shooting hours and they're not at night. 
Um, they are from, you know, dusk to dawn and they're that reason, you know, we want to make um, clean ethical shots when we harvest our animals. And there's a lot of wounding potential. If you are using a spotlight, you know, it is helpful to kind of get the eye shine so that you can see, you know, where the animals might be, where they're coming out to feed, those sorts of things. But again, we want to go back to fair chase and we want to make sure that that we're doing things ethically correct um, and that we're we're doing everything that we can to make this a fair chase for the game. And, and we don't want to, hot, you know, use spotlights to freeze them so that they can't see what's going on. We don't want to, you know, shoot them in the in the the dark hours that that it is not not legal. So, you know, keeping those things in mind are pretty important. And if you feel that it's wrong, it's probably wrong. Yeah, that's right. And if you don't know, um, you can just call your local game warden or call the game and fish office. And we'd be glad to help you out if there's some other questions that you might have on what's legal or not legal um, coming to Wyoming for the first time or just being new to the state. Just call us. We'll, we'll help you out. We want you to be legal. We want you to be successful. And we're here to help you out uh, to make that happen. Awesome. Well, uh, this whole conversation has been debunked. So I hope that uh, these folks that I was talking with are listening today so that they know and everyone else knows because, you know, sometimes you just kind of forget things, it seems. That's right. And if they don't trust us, they can always call Drew. Yeah. And they can use Drew. And then Drew said, hey, this is my friend that's asking the question. So it's all good. <laughs> Air quotes. Friend. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, it's, it's you know, just remember, if you think that it might not be right, don't make the shot. Hunting Outdoors, My Country, 95.5. It's Rocky Mountain Discount Sports where fall hunting season is underway and Brian it's it's fun to see the different camel patterns that people are wearing in as they're heading out to do some hunting. Yeah, I'm always mismatched, but there's a lot of people that do it right. <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa used to say, "You know what? I'm in a tree if I have a camel hat, I feel pretty good about that." But then he was the first person in line when you get new camo. <laughs> yeah, we we've got a good selection right now too. This is just kind of coming into the season, but between the camo clothing and the nice wool socks and a good pair of boots, I mean we've we've got we've got you covered. Let's say you get that animal on the ground, you're starting to process it up, you're excited, you're getting pictures, and it's time to start thinking about what you're going to do with that animal. We're getting a lot of the backpacks all set up with all the game processing stuff. So, I mean, obviously it starts in the field once you get that animal on the ground. And a good knife to, to get that animal skinned and um, taken care of. And then, you know, some good game bags to preserve that meat. Uh, and then from there, it's just, you know, back to the freezer. So you got, you know, uh, all your LEM uh game processing like your your grinders and your meat stuffers and all that kind of stuff and uh the lem over the years we've we've tried lots of different manufacturers and the lem really just seems to be just the best built and the best quality out there right now uh, the last time i was home uh during deer season we were processing and every, everything was lem and he had one off brand and it just doesn't work nearly as good yeah, you know, I've been I've been really happy to you know a lot of times you know we've we've tried different stuff just because different manufacturers approach us and uh, we we kind of gear um, our product selection based on the the quality and warranty and and just the durability of our product. So 
you know, there's there's definitely some less expensive grinders out there, but um, I I would say over the last you know ten years, you know, and I've I personally own a LEM grinder, and things been just flawless. You know, you grind it up, and you got to season it up a little bit, and everything that I've heard over the last year and a half has been antelope is just horrible. But if you process it right, then you can make anything taste great. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all it all starts in the field. You know, if you're uh, if you're taking bad shots at animals and wounding them at 900 yards, and they're they're running for a half a day before you track it down and oh, find yeah. it, um, you know, whether or not you shoot an animal in 80 degree weather and you leave it in the field, you know, for an extra hour with the with the cape on, uh, it it all just depends on how a person takes care of some of this stuff. And then once you get to the point where you, you quarter it up, you're carrying it out, you come in, and you guys have a full selection of seasonings and, and all that, then can I help the process along as well? Yeah, we carry a lot of the mountain house seasonings that are made right over here in Riverton. So um, that's been obviously some of the most popular, um, not just because it's local, but it's just really good product. So whether you're making sausage or you're making jerky, uh, those those seasonings. We also have uh, some of the cheeses that guys use for like the the sausages and whatnot so you can pick all that stuff up here man what a great time of the year right <laughs> <It's> awesome <laughs> well whatever you need whether it's a new knife you know get yourself a knife or maybe that's how you start out your son and daughter's hunting is get them that great cutting knife and uh, you know some of they'll have forever yeah you know the the outdoor edge knives that are out there um we carry a handful of different ones but they carry a full processing kit of knives um and then if you haven't tried out they're um, they're just regular outdoor edge. Um, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a, it has a replaceable blade on it. It's got a good weight to it, but instead of having to carry a sharpener in the field anymore, you push a button, the blade comes out. You put a new blade in. Uh, they also make some of those knives that you can just for everyday pocket carry, and they're they're unbelievably sharp. They're they're all a sixty um, x stainless steel, just like surgical uh, scalpels use, and. Um, they're fantastic. That's awesome. Come out here, check it out. Get ready for that hunting experience at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. I'm Queen Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. Well, we're really at a good uh, point of the, the year where uh, fishing season's still in, hunting season's upon us, the weather's still nice. I mean, how do you take advantage of all this greatness? Man, it takes a lot of planning, that's for sure. <laughs> when when you go out, and I know there are a lot of guys that will go out and they'll hunt elk or, or deer or antelope in the morning, and then they'll switch over and go out and do fishing in the afternoon and evening. I mean, how do you keep yourself in line with that? Yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, it's uh, I mean, obviously those four-legged critters we can only do in a in a limited window, but the fishing is so good this time of year that it's hard not to go fishing too. When you're out on uh, on a, the reservoir, or maybe even the river, right? I know because there's still some pretty hot fishing on the river. How fast are they biting? Is it different this time of year? You know, it's all about just locating them, and then you know the, the fish seem to just bite at you know certain times. You know those so, those calculators that tell you when the best yeah, time yeah. to fish. I mean, sometimes yeah. those are pretty accurate, but um, you know the river in the last couple of weeks has been blown out with just you know we've had a, quite a bit of rain, and so a lot of a lot of mud in the river, so it's a little bit tougher to to target those fish in the river. But the reservoirs are, are staying pretty pretty good, and uh, some of them are starting to turn over a little bit, um, and uh, just just going out and fish you know 
Yeah, I mean, just being there is pretty good. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, if you're if you're in a boat, there's just a lot of you know running around and checking spots and looking for fish, seeing if you're marking them on your graph. If you're shore fishing, you know, hit an area for a little bit and move to another spot. You know, whether it's a quarter mile down the road or or just you know 100 yards down the, the shoreline. You know, you mentioned the rain that we got. I mean, just over the last couple of weeks, we've got some pretty big bursts of rain mm-hmm. where we're getting like an inch and a half overnight right. and. How is that really affecting the the fish and maybe even the water levels? I, I don't know how much it really affects the water levels. I mean, it, obviously, it's, it appears that we get a lot of water, and, and, and I'm sure it does to some degree. Uh, the reservoirs right now locally are, are pumping a lot of water just through the system down to for irrigation down in Nebraska or wherever it's going. But uh, when it starts muddying up like this, I mean, I I tend to you know switch over and, and go back to a, fishing a lot of worms. You know, whether it's just you know drifting a worm down or a worm harness or or some type of slow death rig. Uh, they, the worms, it seems like with that water, it just stirs up the shoreline and those bugs and worms start kind of coming off the shoreline and working their way in the river or the water system. And uh, that bite tends to be, you know, pretty good. So that the the darker colors in darker water, right? That's yeah, that's kind of kind of the theory. Plus, you know, I mean, when you put a worm down there, you know, there's there's quite a, quite a good scent. So even if the visibility's down, I think those fish still kind of s- sniff it out. How off? How often, or how much do they rely on smell when it comes to your bait? I mean, like catfish, I know you have stink bait, so that right. obviously is what you're you're putting out there. But right. when it comes to walleye or a trout. You know, most of the time when I'm targeting walleyes, I'm, I'm doing more of a reaction bite anyways. Um, so we've, we've played around over the years with some different sprays that you can put on lures. And honestly, the way we fish most of the time, it, I don't think it makes much difference. But um, it seems that every once in a while you'll, you'll get kind of get into a pattern where the, the, the bite turns a little bit slower and, and maybe you're running a, a twister tail and you tip it with a, a half a, half a neck, night crawler or something like that. And then all of a sudden the bite kind of picks up so i do think that you know there's the scent does have some some play in the game a little play yeah, yeah. which you know and, and you talk about like early morning fishing usually is pretty good late afternoon feed times i mean fish eat constantly but maybe they slow down a little bit during the middle of that yeah, and especially you know with the with walleye, they, you know the light conditions. I mean, has more to do with it, and then you know water clarity. You know, you could have some murky water, and so that that could still keep those fish up shallow, as opposed to having clear water where the sun's bright and it's pushing them a little deeper. So. Well, get out and enjoy some fishing. If uh, you have a few days off, maybe take it because the weather has just been fantastic. It's been great. Yep. Get out here and check them out. Also, if you need uh, to get. You know, maybe you've had a rough summer and you've broken some poles or some <laughs> lost some bait. Has that? <laughs> I think I was out in like ten minutes and I was like, "Oh man, oh man, this is not good." <laughs> Check them out here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports.